0: Hello and welcome to the Knitting on the Run podcast where it's always knitting and running in 30 minutes or less. You can find me on Ravelry and Instagram as Windswept Monique and on Facebook as Windswept Designs. Come join our Ravelry group and let me know what you want to hear me talk about. Hello and welcome to the Knitting on the Run podcast. Today is September 25th, 2017 and as always this is Knitting and Running in 30 minutes or less. Today's segments include FOs, whips, Knitting Talk, Out and About, and On the Run. I'm hoping to keep this episode a little on the short side because it is really hot right now where I'm recording and I can't run the air conditioner in this room while I'm recording because the noise is just awful and my filters just don't want to take it out, so we'll see how we do. First off, I have one finished object this week. I have the Itty Bitty Kitty preemie hat that I test knit for Sarah Jordan, a.k.a. Knit Whip. The size I knit was to fit a 2-3 to pound baby, and the hat is worked in Morocco Comfort Sock. This pattern should be coming out in the near future, and I will let you know when it's released. I've got a whole bunch of whips this week. (laughs) Starting with Emerald Deep by Romy Hill. I finished charts B and C, and I started chart D, so I finished that Irish style lace section that I mentioned last week that I was looking forward to. It was lots of fun to work on, but you have to pay really close attention in that section because it's knit lace on both sides. There are no rest rows, but I still really enjoyed working on it. This is a gift from my cousin's wife for Christmas, and I knit it up in prism delicato layers in the kale colorway. I also started another itty bitty kitty preemie hat the same pattern I tested for Sarah last week and I am working on this in Barocco comfort sock in the Maldives colorway and it's just a really fun pattern to work up and it's, it's great person knitting if you carry something with you and I get second sock syndrome I've never actually finished a pair of socks I've started so I think this is going to be a much better person solution for me than sock knitting is I worked a little bit on the Lilisande Cowl by Monica Eckert. I'm working on this in some very deep stash, some Cascade yarn Satine in a burgundy red color and Rosetta Yarn Soft Paillette in white, it's got some sequins in it. And I got a few more rows done on this cowl for my aunt for Christmas. I also put a few rows in on the Hitchhiker Shawl I've been working on by Martina Bain in Ito Yarns Kino, which is 100% silk. I'm still plugging away at this a few rows a week. This was my purse knitting until the preemie hat came along, but I'll I'll probably be going back and forth between that and this. And the last whip I have is something I literally just cast on. I've started a knitted knocker in Cascade Ultra Pima, and I started this about an hour ago while waiting for my toddler to fall asleep so I could record this show. He is trying to take a nap strike, um... But he is finally asleep. And in, in case you don't know what knitted knockers are, they are actually knitted prostheses for women who have had mastectomies and have not opted for reconstructive surgery. You can go to, I think it's knittedknocker.org or knittedknockers.org. You can, you Google knitted knocker, um, you'll find their website, but they're looking for, um, uh, really soft cotton yarns to use because of all the scar tissue and stuff like that um, on these women's chests. And these are prosthesis that they wear inside their bras. So I'm working on a couple of these. I've got some Cascade Ultra Pima, which is on their list of approved yarns. And it's been sitting in a drawer for years at this point. So I figure let's put it to good use and we'll make a whole bunch of knitted knockers with the stuff I have left over and I'll ship them on out. Um, if you have any interest in knitting this pattern, I know preemie hats are huge, uh, within the the charity knitting for, for knitters but if you ever consider knitted knockers or you have some cotton yarn from an old project laying around definitely look them up they do have a list of approved yarns because they have to be really careful about yarns that will um, dry softly when air dried so they are very picky about what yarns they take these yarn you know these things have to be worn against recent scar tissue so they have to be super extra soft will will not cut it they will not accept wool yarns and as most of you know, I really can't use well, I'm allergic to it myself, so I happen to have a lot of cotton laying around. So I thought, let's make a bunch of these. For knitting talk this week, I wanted to have a quick discussion about fit and ease. So this is how your garments actually fit your measurements. Ease is how much extra room, or lack thereof, you have in a garment. Do you want something fitted? Do you want it... Vacuum sucked for lack of a better term, to your body? Do you want it to be baggy? Do you want it to be, you know, one of those crazy boxy sweaters that are so popular right now? An inch or so of ease will give you a fitted garment, but the material will not sh- itself stretch to fit your curves. When we start talking about negative ease, that is like negative one inches, negative two inches, you'll see that sometimes on on very, very fitted garments. This is where the material width or or diameter of the circumference of the material in the circle around your body is actually smaller than the circumference of your body itself. This will give you a very fitted garment, such as the vacuum sock comment I made earlier. Um, Also, if you knit socks, think a typical sock. A sock has negative ease so that it will stay on your foot and on your calf and not slide down into your shoe while you're wearing it. When you start talking about two to three inches of positive ease, this will give you a comfortable fit, but it won't feel fitted. It's not a a, a, a a tailored fitted garment, if you take my meaning. When you start getting up to the four inches or so, now we're getting more into loose-fitting cardigan territory. You're approaching, you know, a boyfriend sweater territory just about. Some of the huge boxy sweaters out there these days may have as much as eight inches of positive ease to give you that really huge oversized effect. So when you're looking at a garment that you want to knit, pay very close attention. The designer will tell you the picture is the model is this, wearing this size and it has X number of inches of positive ease. For example, the modern, the model may have a 36 inch bust and is wearing a garment with two inches of positive ease. So you know she is wearing a 38 inch sweater over a 36 inch bust and you can see if that extra room that's in that picture is the same way you want it to fit on your body. And that will tell you a lot about how the garment itself works and how the garment will fit on you. On to out and about. I realized that last week I really glossed over talking about Rhinebeck. I said I'm going and then forgot to bring it back up. So yes, I am heading to Rhinebeck again this year. I am very excited. It will be my second time. This year we are not taking the whole family. I have a two-year-old, yeah, you probably get it right there, (laughs) I have a two-year-old and by then I will be a six-year-old, and we're just not going to do that. So I am taking the bus from Webbs in Northampton, Mass, to Rhinebeck. It's going to be a long day for me, so if you run into me and I don't seem quite caffeinated enough, please be patient. I have a grad school reunion at the Museum of Fine Arts in Boston the night before, And then the morning of Rhinebeck, I have to leave my house around 5, 5.30 a.m. to drive to Webb's to be there to catch the bus at 7. So I will be chugging a lot of caffeine. Please bear with me. I'm so excited. Regardless, I know this is going to be a, a long day and I'll probably fall asleep on the bus on the way home, but that's okay. I cannot wait. I am so excited. I know there's a few things I'm dying to hit up, like the artichoke line. Last year, I learned all about the artichokes far too late in the day, and the line was way too long by the time I found that little stand. So I hope to grab an artichoke earlier in the day. I will also be at the podcaster meetup, definitely. That was a lot of fun last year uh, when I was not a podcaster, so I'm looking forward to attending as a podcaster this year. And I expect to be at the Ravelry meetup as well and grabbing lunch somewhere in that general time frame. I'm also hoping to locate the bag check this year. (laughs) I missed it completely last year, but I will have a big old day pack with me for the bus and the car ride and, you know, snacks and food and whatnot. So I definitely want to check my, you know, my, my bus bag and then carry around a smaller bag with some knitting and, and some my purchases. So on the plus side though, with a minimum of four hours rimbas, on the bus, I should be getting so a lot after that day so I moved for three weeks today. I, I started a Galloway style run-walk run on the way home from dropping my my older son off, and it felt really good. Afterwards I rolled up my quads and my T-bands and my Soleus muscles, which have been the muscles that have been crankier over the past few weeks with the sudden mileage increase. But they felt okay, too, and my toddler was there. He had the old foam roller. He was trying to roll things out, too. It was, frankly, stinking adorable. It was so cute. Um, But I will try the Run, Walk, Run again in a couple of days, and I can't wait to see how it goes. But for today's running topic, I did want to address the mileage increases, specifically, you know, the keep it low, keep it slow type thing. As I mentioned, I have broken one of the cardinal rules of running by suddenly drastically increasing my mileage by walking my son to kindergarten. That's an additional three miles or so per day for me for each day that we walk. Uh, now, I have mitigated this by not walking every single day. You know, we're averaging about three days a week. And some days we only walk one way, and not the other. But in general, increasing your mileage is this drastically is a huge faux pas. And something even us veteran runners forget to do. Now, granted, we did this on purpose because we had kindergarten and stuff like that. But if you are new to running, it's an important rule to remember. Keep your mileage increases small. No more than 10% increase per week. This is super important because most running injuries are directly linked to increasing your intensity or the duration of your exercise too much too soon. Put that a little bit plainer. If you increase your mileage too much, you're going to get injured. That's just a fact. So let's unpack that 10% increase statement I just made. So that's kind of a general rule of thumb you'll hear a lot bandied about. Now, this does not mean you should increase your mileage by 10% every week. On the contrary, if you actually go and look in the data, most folks should be increasing your mileage by a maximum of 5 to 10% every other week or so. If your body needs more time, adapt, possibly every three weeks or so. You should also be incorporating rest weeks on purpose, or you dial back so you're running fewer miles than you run in an average week, or fewer miles than your baseline, which is the term for your average number of weekly miles over time. The reason for all this is your body needs time to adjust to the changes you are asking for it. Particularly when you're starting out, or as a mind case, jumping back in after injuries or baby or what have you. Don't plan on increasing mileage or speed anytime soon. Listen to your body. If something doesn't feel right, if you're getting a little niggle in a muscle somewhere or a twinge or something just doesn't feel right, you know, you're having trouble sleeping or, you know, your brain is kind of foggy, those are signs that you're pushing it too hard. Put Take an extra rest week. Push the mileage increases off another week or two until your body adapts to what you're doing. You're asking a lot of your body, and that's a good thing. Our body is meant to adapt, but we also have to give it the time to adapt. The whole point is to start running or increase your running without injury, and that means giving your body time to do what you want it to do. If you have existing injuries, then you really need to take it slow. So if you're thinking of starting a coach to 5K and say you are an existing foot injury, knee injury, back injury from so many years ago and it acts up sometimes, plan on repeating the first week three times to give your chronic issues time to adapt even more slowly. Or something I did when I did my first marathon, or only marathon, who am I kidding? When I was training for my first marathon, I have 18 years of knee injury history. So I knew if I pushed myself too far, I was asking for trouble. So I actually added a whole slew of rest weeks in on purpose and stretched the training plan out by an additional six weeks. Turned out to be a good thing because I also had a small child who got me sick constantly. (laughs) So those rest weeks were also a time where sometimes if I had to skip one of my weekday workouts as a sick day, I had the extra time built in and I still got all the mileage logged in before Marathon Race Day. So to sum it up, take it slow, stay injury-free, Listen to your body. As always, I am not a medical professional. I'm just someone who's run a whole bunch, run-walked a whole bunch, and got injured a whole bunch, and I want you to have the knowledge to not get injured. If you are experiencing any kind of pain, particularly any kind of sharp, nagging pain or pain that doesn't go away, please go see a medical professional right away. That's all for this week. We're coming up on the 15-minute mark, and this is just about time for me to head back into the air conditioning. I hope you all have a wonderful week and keep something beautiful on your needles for me. Bye-bye.